If you were our sponsor, this is where your ad would go. With the new year, we are now accepting sponsors for our podcast, Weight Inclusive Innovators. Here's the thing. Our audience are passionate, weight-inclusive business owners who are looking to connect with and learn from their peers and want to hear what you have to say. Whether you've got an upcoming course launch, webinar, book club, or whatever else your brilliant brain is creating for other clinicians, we want to hear about it. Reach out to us at hello at weightinclusiveinnovators.com with the subject line sponsor, and we'll send you more sponsorship details. Welcome to the Weight Inclusive Innovators podcast. My name's Hannah Turnbull. And I'm Morgan Sinclair. We're two non-diet dietitians, entrepreneurs, and Enneagram 7s here to talk shop about the business side of things. From managing a team of clinicians, to building a cohesive brand, to figuring out how the heck to pay yourself, we get deep down in it, talking about what it actually takes to start, run, and grow your weight-inclusive business, the good and the messy. We know your degree didn't include any business classes, at least not any applicable to what you're doing now as an entrepreneur. This is why we're on a mission to bring business education to other weight-inclusive clinicians. Say sayonara to all the hours spent on Google and hello to information that is actually relevant. Let's dive into today's episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Weight Inclusive Innovators podcast. Today, we're chatting about working efficiently, working smarter, not harder, And before we dive into all that good stuff, we are going to check in with Morgan about her highs and lows in her business this week. Morgan, first recording of the year for us. Hello. Happy New Year. Hello. Happy New Year. Happy belated birthday. Welcome to the 30s club. Whoop, whoop. Yep. Had my birthday at the end of December. I'll get into all that. Maybe a little bit. Anyway, let's do your highs and lows first. Well, my high is that we have some new year energy happening over here. I always feel so reinvigorated, energized with some fresh starts. I know you usually do too. It's the beauty of being an Enneagram 7. And I think just like part of like being a human too. I think people just like, like the, like the, like the cycle, the start of the cycle. So yeah, I'm really just riding that high of the new year energy also kind of relates to my low. I'm feeling quite overwhelmed of wanting to do it all. That is the downside of having the new year energy. I have been loving everyone's ins and outs for 2024 on social media. I don't know if you've ended up on that side of social media, but it's everywhere and everyone's like has their like list of things that's going to be in and list of things that's going to be out for 2024 like for them personally oof no i love that and we should do that for our check-in next week oh i'd love that that would be so fun i actually haven't jumped on the trend yet but i've loved consuming everyone else's ins and outs (laughs) but with that i'm like oh my god i want to do it all like i want to do everything i want to do everything i just like and so i'm having to like roll myself back in and i'm like how do i keep up this fun New Year's energy while also being realistic with my capacity, which ties perfectly into today's episode. Oof. That is, I relate to all of that. And I think just going into my low and keeping it tight, I'm still trying to figure out how to prioritize this year, how to figure out my schedule. And some of that is I feel overwhelmed and I, it's like an exciting overwhelm. Like I feel, I feel like a bull in uh, Uh gates, like trying to go in the arena of like, I'm ready, I'm ready. But I'm just like, I don't even know where to run to. So yeah, and I haven't had the space because I took off the last two ish weeks of the year. And it was amazing. And I didn't fucking work at all. And it was awesome. And I needed it. And this is the first time I've ever done that. 
And so I didn't use that time to reflect or plan or anything. So now I need that time, but I don't have that time because I took those weeks off. And now I'm just like in it, like I'm doing my business coaching sessions with folks. I'm getting my team prep for the new year at Nourished. We're getting ready to do some expansion planning and like, ah, I need, I need a visionary day. Um, that is so fucking real. I've, uh, I feel like every year I'm like, I want to take the last two weeks of December off. But in reality, the last week of December, while I want to like say no to meetings and not do anything that requires me to like jump on Zoom, I love the last week of the year when I can just like be chill, go to a coffee shop, do some reflection, do some vision planning. And I was like, okay, but if I'm doing that the last week of December, then I need to just choose another random week in the year to like actually take off. Love that for you. Love that. That's where I was hoping you were going with that. Yeah. Sounds like that's what you need to. Yep. <laughs> yep. It's hard to like, just like jump into things the first week of the year. I, I feel like I'd be overstimulated and overwhelmed if that were oh, my reality. Yeah. Same. That's why I didn't jump into anything until Tuesday afternoon. And I lightly got into my inbox and that's about it. And then Wednesday, Thursday, mm-hmm. kind of hitting it hard with meetings today. Tomorrow I'm off. I'm skiing with my partner and his family while they're visiting us in Utah. And so Next week will be my first full week back. And that's why I feel this pressure of like, okay, I got to get this sorted. Um, so yes, overwhelm, do it all. Very real, very all over the place as well. I'm with you. Yeah. What was your high of the week? Yes. Okay. Uh, I We launched the Accountability Club. We have a new cohort with some of our oldies and goodies. Um, and it's just such a fun energy to bring everybody together and like, the we started something this quarter where we're doing a meet and greet as an additional meeting because we kind of were just jumping in face first and people didn't get to meet and so we have about 20 people in the accountability club this cohort which is awesome we love just having a a good group and everybody is very like connected and supporting each other in the chat and it's just like such good energy and it's giving me life accountability club is giving me life right now. So that was awesome. We did that this week and excited for this quarter ahead with our wonderful cohort. So good. It was so good yesterday. I always am very anticipatory of whenever we start new things and have like a new cohort, because you, as you mentioned, there are some folks that are returning. This is their fifth cohort with us or their fifth mm-hmm. time around with us. And then we have quite a few new people who are joining us for the first time. And it's always so fun to like see everyone come together. Um, but I always expect it to take a little bit more time for everyone to like get familiar with each other, feel comfortable with each other, build that vulnerability with each other. But we had our first group coaching call yesterday and people were rock stars. Like everyone was collaborating. We had like five people wanting to ask questions and like get coaching. And it was oh so good. I wish that's also part of my high. We'll loop that into the new year energy as well. Mm. So good. So, so, so good. And if you are someone who missed the accountability club this quarter, you want to join us for Q2, like just get on our email list, get on our wait list. We'd love to have you. We've made some changes to make it as accessible as possible for folks. So don't let that be a barrier. Talk to us. We'll get you situated for Q2. Okay. Are you ready to dive into this week's episode? Let's do it. We are talking about working efficiently and also working less in our businesses. And whenever we chose this podcast topic, 
It reminded me of the time where I posted on my Instagram story so that my like ideal schedule is working six hours a day and Wednesdays are my flex days. Like that is my dream schedule to be able to do personal life things, but also feel like I'm making traction in my business. And my parents watch my Instagram stories. I went over to my parents' house that weekend. I don't know what exactly the conversation was, but my dad called me out hardcore of like, yes, probably because you only work six hours a day. And I was like, okay, listen. Okay, boomer. Okay, literally, because he has worked for the same company ever since I was little. He loves his job. He works so much. And it's probably of like necessity of having to do that for, you know, running a big corporation um, or like being higher up in a big corporation. So it makes sense that he is having to work a lot. And, you know, there's always going to be like highs and lows, pushes and pulls with that. But I was like, you worked a lot so I can work six hours a day. <laughs> Don't depend on that. <laughs> I just remember the number of times that we were on vacation as a family and his laptop would always be with him, which like, don't get me wrong. I don't think I've ever gone on a trip where I haven't brought my laptop because I love working. And he was a very present father. Like he only ever missed one thing in my entire life. And it was like a high school band concert. Like it was, there was, there's always some balance. Right. But I just can't imagine being stuck in an office for that long. So anyway. All I have to say, that's my little story of the day. We're talking about being efficient and working less. What are your thoughts on this? Yes. Well, this is very present for me. And I love that we're saying being efficient and working less because the goal of being efficient isn't always to fill your time with more work or another project or things. Like sometimes it is. Sometimes that's how you and I are multi-passionates. Like we time block, we Mm -hmm. do all that stuff, we'll dive in. But also working efficiently allows you to just live your life because why are you doing all of this? And so 100%. this is this is very present for me, especially because as I've mentioned on the podcast a couple of times, I'm reading the book Essentialism. It's really resonating. I want to do the things that I need to do and delegate the rest so that I can live my life or also like expand my company. And that's been something holding me back for my group practice because I'm really tied up in capacity and time. And there's a lot of things that I still do that I don't need to be the one doing it or I can do it better and more efficiently. So like we're here to have a candid conversation about it. We are not experts. We have some tips that both of us should probably do more of. Um, And so we're just, we're just having a real conversation with you all. We are indeed. But can we just take a moment and talk about the grasp that capitalism has on me for working eight hour days because there are some times I like map up my schedule. I'm like six hour days, chef's kiss, love this for me. Two separate three hour blocks. It is my favorite way to work. But then I see other people working more than that or I hear about other people working more than that. And I'm like, I know I should be working eight hours a day. But for those of you who don't know, the eight-hour workday was created during the Industrial Revolution as a way to maximize efficiency in factories. And if you're listening to this podcast, chances are you probably don't work in a factory. So we're just going to name that right there. I think the eight-hour workday also, this is just my brain speculating, but came from the idea of shifts of like someone would do a morning shift, someone would do an afternoon Mm -hmm. shift, and then someone would do an overnight shift because there's 24 hours in a day. There's three different shifts thinking about efficiency, factory work of how like factories don't 
often just close for the evening, right. like some stay open. And so that's probably part of it too. Um, also people, and, and this still happens in our, our day and age where people stay at work a long time and it doesn't mean they're working or being efficient. And like, they're kind of just existing at work. They're not working fully those eight hours. So we're here to kind of challenge this and, mm-hmm. and put some little nuggets in everybody's brains. Um, sometimes we both do work eight hours as well. It, and I always feel brain fried crispy when I do that. And then it doesn't give me any room to live my life. Um, I don't feel pressured Literally. to work eight hours though. Like, like th- seeing other people do it. I'm like, that fucking sucks. And I've been there. Like I did that the last <laughs> fucking four years of being an entrepreneur until I'm like, I can't sustain this. So you do go through periods of time where you do have to work more and that's real. And we want to name that. Like we know you can't just speed up and go to four to six hours a day. Yeah. I'm throwing in four hours as well. We'll talk about the research on that, but yeah, I don't want to work eight hours most days at all. Let's also just think about it too, though, of, so I've worked in an office in a little cubicle, not for very long. And I have worked at a treatment center and the standard to get paid is working a technically nine-hour day with an hour lunch break in the middle. So you're working eight hours. I can't tell you a single day during both of those experiences that I was head down on my laptop in meetings focused for eight hours. You forget that whenever you have a team and you're in an office setting There's people shooting the shit. There's like the watering hole where you go and get coffee. Like no one is actually head down working for eight hours a day when you are with other people, with coworkers, like even working in an eating sort of treatment center. Like I would go into a colleague's office when I knew we both didn't have sessions or groups and we would just like chat, vent, whatever. And you and I specifically work for ourselves. We don't really have coworkers. And so it's way, it's a way different experience and it's not fair to compare it to an eight hour work day as if you were working at an office and getting to have breaks and like be a human and not a CEO or a boss or a clinician for eight hours straight. Yes. Arguably I do have coworkers because I have a group practice, um, but it isn't the same thing. And that's what I think is beautiful about group practice is my team works efficiently. And we train people and support people in doing that of like, see your five to six clients a day, usually six clients if people want Fridays off, which a lot of my team does. And then like, go take care of yourself and live your life. Like your life, this work is meaningful and important and makes big impact, but that doesn't need mean you need to be thinking about it or be in it for eight to nine hours a day. Please go live your life. And that's a draw, I think, to private practice, to group practice. And I'm going to say group practice specifically, like employees working for you because they don't have to then do the business stuff as well. Like they're just doing mm-hmm. the client work, their notes, they're done. So we're challenging the eight-hour workday here. Part of that is because there's good research. We talked about a couple books in our presentation we did back for the New Year Big Energy webinar. The two books that we talked about that have research that shows we can only be productive really for four to six hours a day of focused time is deep work and rest, but we'll link them in the show notes. So knowing that there's research with that, why are we trying to push ourselves doing half-assed work when we could be focused for four to six hours, probably closer to the six if you're a business owner and entrepreneur, getting the shit done, knowing you have another six hours tomorrow? sometimes having to do more 
but then just enjoying your life and then giving your brain that reset resting time so that you can be productive again. Um, so yeah, four to six hours. Feel very strongly about it. Even I though you don't always do it. I've really noticed that where if I have a like really productive, but also long, like more than six hours on Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday, Thursday, I'm like done. I don't want to be doing anything and it feels unsettling. I don't like that feeling. Whereas the week where I allow myself to work six hours every day, by the end of Friday, I still feel really good so I can actually enjoy my life. And if I have it in me, maybe I'll work on Saturday too, but it's not a necessity. But I have the, like, I usually have the energy to like do something else. Whereas if I am working eight hour plus days by the weekend, I don't want to do anything. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. It makes me think of the cliche overused analogy of like a car and a gas tank of if you completely deplete the gas tank every single time before you fill it up again, then that's really hard on the car versus like, okay, maybe you get down to a quarter tank that's you using your brain power and then it regenerates the next day and that's the lowest you go. That's so much more sustainable than ending up on the side of the road because you ran out of gas and not being able to get to where you need to go the next day. Usually whenever I think of efficiency, I think of batch working, meaning it is dedicated blocks of time in your schedule to work on separate things usually for the goal to prevent task switching. What do you think of batch working? Love it. Need it. Um, I want to be better at it. I'm really good with not content switching most days in a sense where my schedule is pretty set. Um, Behind the scenes times Monday, Wednesday, Tuesday's a little bit more fluid. I have some Nourish Colorado stuff. I have my Spanish lessons and then I kind of fill in some other behind the scenes work. Wednesday, business coaching and accountability club. Thursday, business coaching and the accountability club. And then Fridays, I'm trying to take off in the future, but I do have some um, Nourish Colorado stuff and business coaching. And all of that sounds kind of jumbled together, but it's very blocked where I'm working in the different parts in a half day. Um, So that I, that's batch working to me of where I'm going to see three business coaching clients in a row in the morning, take a big break. Maybe I'm doing something different in the afternoon, but that afternoon is dedicated to that thing. And that feels very good to my brain because if I have one hour of trying to do Nourish Colorado stuff, one hour of the accountability club, blah, 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 like that's so chaotic and not enough time to settle into a brain space, actually get things done and then have to switch. Not efficient at all. The other kind of version of batch working from a content creation standpoint could be you spend a half day working on content, producing something for the whole quarter, right? And that is a little harder for me, even though I want to play with that this year, because you and I both like doing things in real time, even if it's not the most efficient. But I do think there is value in it, but I I can do it better. That's my long spiel on batch working. How do you feel about it? I have a love-hate relationship with batch working. The things that I love and the things that I'm good at is having 
Monday, Thursday, behind the scenes days, Tuesdays, Fridays, on stage days, Wednesdays, flex days. That is how I've been functioning ever since I moved to working for myself full time. And I effing love it. That has worked super well for me. I have no desire to change that. Within each of those days, my ideal blocks of time are three hours in the morning, one to two hour break in the middle of the day, and then three hours either right after that or in the evening depending on my mood. I know that that works well for me in terms of being on, having creativity, and it feels like short little wins. I can do anything for three hours. So it's way easier to to just check that off. Where I don't love batch working is I hate batching content. I hate it. It removes the spontaneity. It removes the like fun in the moment. I love the creativity of like seeing something, hearing something and being inspired and being able to instantly create it because I've realized that if I like write down all these ideas by the time that I have like my one hour block later on in the week to create it, I'm like, why the fuck did I want to talk about this? And don't remember. And so I love the, I just like, I have to keep some spontaneity and some impulsivity in my schedule in order for me to enjoy what I do. And so Instagram, email marketing, I would rather have like a one hour block every week to keep up with like the spontaneity and newness of things or to like stay on top of trends or to allow life to happen and then write about an experience of like what happened in the last week or just like things like that. The other thing that I that creates this love-hate relationship with batch working is whenever my laptop and my phone are are not on do not disturb and I get text messages and am like, oh, new shiny thing. What are they saying? What do I want to do? Who needs me? Primarily between Slack and my iMessage. I don't keep notifications on for my email. I don't have the email on my phone. And so that's fine. But like I get distracted so easily. But it's also very doable to put on my do not disturb for my three-hour block. Sometimes I forget to do it, though, and a text message comes through and I get derailed for an hour. So, meh. Ugh. This is my spiel about hating phones. People can access you and take your time that you didn't consent to. And that's what... It's it's hard because it's a very innocent thing. Even if you're like checking on a friend or something, like I'd much rather coordinate and set up a phone call and then put you in my calendar than take the time then, which is taking from whatever I needed to do. And this is part of being an entrepreneur and a business owner. Like we're just so occupied. Like we don't have as much of that free space, especially during the day. Maybe in the evening it's different where like you can get to it, but I hate that people can access me. I hate it. I, so I, I throw my phone across the room. I don't even know where my phone yeah. is right now. This is where you and I differ a little bit too. I feel like we're so similar in so many ways, but I very much get distracted with messages. And I usually really, I mean, I don't like it because I am distracted from working, but I love when people text me and I love that I get to like keep up with friendships through text and it doesn't require having to schedule things. Okay. And- I think we need a poll. I think we need a poll to see what the people, <laughs> what the people think too. I'm just so curious, but I think both of us can be very thankful for do not disturb and airplane mode and being able to turn off notifications when we really need to. Okay. I 
want to say one last thing about this difference between us. I really think it's an extroversion versus introversion thing. Like you are more extroverted Mm -hmm. than me. You get more energy from people. And so those texts are like energizing to you. I am not an extrovert. I am maybe like a tiny bit in the middle, but truly at my core, Mm -hmm. I want alone time. I want time one-on-one with people in a very intentional way. Like I don't want to go to a happy hour with a group very often, truly. Um, and that's where we differ. That's where the text messages feel very invasive. Totally. <laughs> okay. So our poll is going to be extroverted and hate texting, extroverted and loves text messages, introverted and hates text messages, introverted and loves text messages. We're going to throw it on the Instagram story. Go vote. <laughs> okay. Bringing us back. What do you think about time tracking? Ooh, I love the data of time tracking. I hate the like actual doing of time tracking, (laughs) but it's also come pretty naturally to me in the last quarter. I mentioned this on a past episode, but me and Asana are on like a little break right now. I don't know why we just are. Um, (laughs) I haven't felt inspired to open Asana. And instead of using Asana, I have been putting every single little thing in my Google Calendar. So any tasks that I need to do, any projects that I need to work on is all blocked off in my Google Calendar. And while it was not intentionally meant for time tracking, it is very interesting to go back and look at the last two months because I have each different like branch of my businesses a different color. And so the day there's some days where it's like so fucking scattered that I'm like, how did I even get through the day? <laughs> and so I, I and so I, I like it in a sense of uh, doing little like pulse checks, just out of curiosity. I like it for the data. What do you think about time tracking? I don't do it intentionally, but I do like I was really hitting hard on six hours of work per day. Like that is how I plan my schedule and my capacity. And so I use my calendar in that way. And I didn't really define time tracking, but it's looking at how much time you're spending on different projects. And it's a way to help you address where inefficiencies are and where you can kind of reel it in. Um, So I, I do it naturally in a sense of, I look at my Google calendar for the week, I kind of count up my time blocks. And then if I'm I'm low on one day, this is when I can work on this behind the scenes task. Um, so yeah, I'm very motivated by six hours. <laughs> and that's how I time track. Um, if I take a glance I, at my calendar right now, let's see how I did this week. Yesterday was six hours, two, four, six. Today is going to be six hours, but these are all meetings, which is really hard because then like I can't do any behind the scenes stuff. Um, so I'm starting out the year strong. And if I look ahead next week, I think it's going to be good. So yeah, that's how I time track. Let's see. You made me curious. So uh, Wednesday, or I did four hours yesterday and then about five and a half hours on Tuesday. Tuesday was all spaced out. I did like four different little mini blocks, but it added up to be about six hours. What about like your email checking and like being in the visionary space and thinking about your business? Is that time tracked? No, that just happens naturally in all of the gaps that I'm not typing on my laptop. Mm-hmm. I can't plan visionary time. That goes back to the batch working. Like if an idea comes to me, it's going to come to me. I can't be like, you can only come to me at 10 a.m. on Tuesdays. 
Absolutely. doesn't work that way. Absolutely. I do have okay. a parking lot on my phone. So when it comes to me, I write it down and then eventually I'll get to it. I do. I usually do like a little um, check every day of like what ideas have come to me. There's usually like a lot. That. So fun <laughs> sifting through them. One of the reasons why we're talking about this is people think they have to work more to make more revenue, to grow their business, to really grind and get ahead. And I'd, I've done that. So I'm going to just name and own that. But I don't think at a certain point you have to do that or that you're going to actually get the results that you want by working more. And so we just wanted to have this episode to inspire you to think about what your capacity is, where can your six-hour workdays be, um, how can you work smarter and not harder, and how can you be present in the work and do the thing when you're working so that you can be turned off when you're not working as much as your silly little brain will let you. I say all this with a caveat of like, we don't have kids. We are both neurodivergent. And there's so many different life circumstances where we know like this may not be achievable right now and we respect it and totally understand the privileged places we're in and like people's brains work differently. But if you can just think about the six hours and work towards that, I think you'll feel a lot more productive and not like you're always working and how can you sustain this? And that's what we want. We want to make this sustainable for people and give perspective on kind of where we're at. We don't want you to work eight hours every day. If you uh, so feel it in you to do a little time tracking experiment next week or this week, whichever you prefer, even if it's just for like two or three days, feel free to screenshot, send it to us, use us as accountability. And also we're just curious. And if there's something that has worked for you in order to work more efficiently while also working less, let us know. We want to hear about it. Thanks for listening to the Weight Inclusive Innovators podcast. If you like what you hear, subscribe to our podcast to add us to your queue every week. Please leave us a rating and review and share with a friend to help us reach more weight inclusive business owners who could use support and pep talks. We'll see you next week.